All right. Welcome back to the Court of Three podcast. I am one of your hosts, Lisa Breedlove, and I get to do this podcast with my very best friend and the best looking bald man I know. Oh my goodness. Spencer Breedlove. Wow. <laughs> this got really deep. It's true, honey. Man, you just... I had no idea you were going to give me that level of an introduction. Yeah, wasn't that good? Well, thank you, honey. You're welcome. I love being able to do this with you. I do, too. We have fun. So Lisa and I launched this podcast back in 2021 with the mission to inform your mind, inspire your heart, and ignite your joy. And on our podcast, what we will do is we are going to share joys, we're going to share triumphs, we're going to share challenges, and even some painful moments and how we are growing through each of them. And periodically, uh, we will be talking about things that we read, things that we hear about, and unpack those uh, here for you to continue the conversation around your tables, around in your cars, on the way to soccer games, on the way to uh, date nights, whatever you are doing, we want to help you continue that conversation with your families uh, when, and with your spouses. And we hope uh, that through our podcast, we hope that you will laugh with us or at us, yes. take time to think and even have your emotions move to tears. And we want to just say thank you so much for being a part of the Core to Three community. And yes. uh, be sure to leave us a review on our um, podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, you name it. Wherever you listen to your podcast, your reviews are always appreciated. And even your emails, texts, whenever we get those, yes, they are. Uh, we are grateful for them. So, Lisa, yes. you have our Core to Three question. I do. This is a good day. one. This is a good one. What is it? Would you rather? Oh, I like the would you rather. I do questions. too. My kids love that. We play that a lot sometimes when we're just standing in line. Would you rather speak any language fluently or be able to communicate with animals? Oh, that's easy. I know what you're going to say. Speak with animals. Yes. Yeah, Spencer is the male version of Snow White. That. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's true. The kids will totally agree with me. Our children will. You talk as we're going down the road. Oh, watch out, little squirrel. Oh, oh, hurry, bunny rabbit. Get across the road. Well, I don't want to hit them. Well, I, mean, I don't want to hit them, but I don't talk to them. I'm in my car and they're outside hopping and running and jumping. Well, <laughs> you talk to them like they can hear you. Well, sometimes I think they can. I wait for a little bird to land on your shoulder. Oh, please. Oh, my gosh. Why did we talk about this question? I had no idea I was going to get thrown under the bus. Okay. What what animal specifically would you want to communicate with? All of them. Like what? Well, for, for, for first of all, I, I would really love to be able to communicate with my dog. Okay, that's what she, I thought. Maybe she's a little hard headed. Know what she's barking about. Well, I'm kind of figuring out when she needs to go to the bathroom. Yes, yeah, she does bark for she, that. She barks and, and she'll food just stand when she's hungry. She'll just stand, is like uh -huh. looking at me, like, "Look, uh -huh. I got to go." Yeah. And if you don't let me out, you're gonna be cleaning something. You're gonna up. be cleaning something up. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, so, so your dog. That. But then I would like for her to understand what I'm saying. Like when I say "come here," I mean "come here." Oh, she understands, I think. Yes, I think she does. And then when I tell her to come downstairs, yes. after she goes running upstairs, mm -hmm. anyway, she's a little... What other animals? Oh, uh, deer. I would be like, hey, come here, deer. 
Come so on. I can shoot Come you, on, shoot bang, you. and ducks. Ducks. Here, bird, bird, bird. Yeah, but you know when I go wow. duck hunting, I go duck hunting. We got plenty of guys. That's in what the, a duck in the call. blind. They got duck calls. Deer calls. So they're already communicating. Ducks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they speak quack. Would you like to speak whale? <laughs> Would you like to speak whale? <laughs> Wow. Lisa, okay. today. Sorry. That's not what I would pick. I would pick to speak a language fluently. Oh, whatever. And then I would use that as an excuse to travel because I need to hone. I need to keep my language skills up. So I need to travel to these other countries that speak the language. I'll just continue my practice with Spanish. Okay. When we go to the Mexican I, yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Well, there's that. But then, okay. you know, anytime you travel, most of the time you're going to be speaking Spanish. You know, I actually was... had an I actually had an experience uh-huh. where I went to Romania. This was several years ago. Uh-huh. It was when we went over, I went over to go see Pastor Teo and we got to meet some people over there. And did you know that I was able to communicate to Romanians in Spanish? Really? Yes. Now, when we went to I Costa Rica, uh-huh. they speak Spanish. Could, uh, that's what I was going to say. It was no, it was Brazil because it was Portuguese, Portuguese. right? But some of them, if you spoke Spanish, well, they could and then figure Espanol it out. Kind of similar, yeah, they but could yeah. figure it out a but little bit. To go but to Romania, Romania, which is a Latin based, I didn't know that. That's a Latin based, yeah. language. And I did not know that. You didn't tell. Or maybe all languages are Latin based. Originally, originally, but they 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 practically speak it. In yes, Roman- they Romania do. is very yes. very very close. Yes, and there oh. were people there that understood Spanish, Spanish and could speak it. Why is that? I don't. Had they no. learned it in a? But but I was able to communicate setting? with them in Spanish, and then they could translate that into Romanian. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it was crazy. So, all right. You know, as long as I know Spanish, I feel like I'm like I can communicate with the entire world. Okay. Comprende? Si, senor. I thought the only thing, one more thing I thought about with animals, though, it would come in handy if you're like about to be attacked by an animal. Yeah. And you could, like, I'm going to shoot you or. No, like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. alone. Okay, turn around, go away. Bye bye. Okay. Mm. Well, anyway. they do say if you are like going to be attacked by a bear or whatever, you just make I yourself know. really, really big. That. Yes, I know. I know. Hey, bear. I know all the tricks. You do? Okay, let's move on. We're going to move on. We this are. was a great question. That was a very, I, I'm going to use it at school. I'm going to, they're all going to say animals. We're going to have to The give, girls are going to say horses. We're going to have to give a shout out. The boys to the, are going to say like dragons and yeah. wolves. We're going to have to give a shout out to the Team Never Quit podcast, Marcus Luttrell and all those yes, guys. Yes, they, they did. That was a yes. great question on Ask their podcast. That question on their podcast. It really was. Mm-hmm. So That's shout out one. to them. Absolutely. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Hey, anyone listening, if you have a great question that you would like us to use yes. on the podcast, you send us a message, leave that in, um, you know, a tagline, and we will be glad to share your question on the Court of Three. That would be awesome. I'd love to get some questions from others. I've run out of ideas. I know. <laughs> that would be awesome. Maybe somebody will send us some. I hope so. Okay. What are we going to be talking about today, Spencer? 
Well, today we are going to be talking about a, a an an email that I received. Uh, I subscribe to a few different email. Mm-hmm. I'm on a few different email lists, and one of these is uh, the Renovari Institute email list. The Renovari Institute is an organization that was founded by Richard Foster. And their vision is that is written this way. We imagine a world in which people's lives flourish as they increasingly become like Jesus. Renovari, it's a uh, it's a nonprofit. It models resources and advocates fullness of life with God experienced by grace through the spiritual practices of Jesus and the and of the historical church. Um so that is their mission uh-huh. and richard foster is one of my favorite yes, authors i'm wrapping up a book that actually one of the first books i ever read was his uh that celebration uh-huh. of discipline book this book that i'm wrapping up here is called uh, learning humility and lord knows i needed to learn some humility and so this has been really good to okay. Uh, read that book, but it it connected me with this institute called Renovari, which is also my one word, which means to renew. So this is about be um, becoming like Jesus, being renewed day by day. And this particular email was an email that was written by their director of communications, uh, Brian Morikon. And sometimes when I get an email, you know, I'll just I kind of look at the first two lines or whatever, and I'm like, okay, that's really I'm not. If it doesn't grab your attention, grab my attention. Yes, this one, it was like it was like Eagles talons. Oh, is what it was for me. It was like Eagles talons. It was like here, I'm gonna I'm gonna pluck your attention. Yes, and I want you to read this. And the first line of this particular email was when Jesus is amazed. I pay attention. When Jesus is amazed, I pay attention. I'm like, well, when was Jesus amazed? Right. And if Jesus was amazed at something, that's true. That seems like something I'd want to pay attention to. Exactly. It got his attention. Okay. So Jesus's amazement, Mm -hmm. what, what Morikon was bringing up, he said, Jesus's amazement was recorded two times in the in the gospels only twice yeah only twice in the gospels the first one was okay. in was in mark chapter 6 uh-huh. and in mark chapter 6 this is about a town's lack of faith and this is what the bible says jesus he uh, went away from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him and on the sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished saying where did this man get these things what is the wisdom given to him how are such mighty works done by his hands is not this the carpenter the son of mary and the brother of james and joseph and uh, and judas and simon are not his sisters here with us and they took offense at him And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his household. And he could do, Jesus could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. In other words, he was amazed at their unbelief. 
and he went among he went about among the villages teaching jesus was marveled or amazed at their unbelief the next one is in is in matthew oh what yeah i have that one okay you got that one matthew 8. so matthew 8 in verses 5 through 10. yes when jesus had entered capernaum a centurion came forward to him appealing to him lord my servant is lying paralyzed at home suffering terribly and he said to him I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly, I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. So Jesus was amazed at a town's lack of faith. And then once he was amazed for the Mm -hmm. abundance of Mm -hmm. faith in one man. So that was the Roman centurion who felt unworthy mm-hmm. for Jesus to come personally to him. To his house. And he recognized in the faith in the centurion recognized the authority of Jesus mm-hmm. recognized his authority. And even though he felt unworthy for Jesus to come to him personally, he recognized that Jesus was who he was, that he was authority. Jesus was authority. And that was in stark contrast to the other in Mark with this whole crowd. Even he was a nobody. Brothers and sisters. Yeah, they they threw them all under the bus. Brothers and sisters. Yeah. He's just a normal human being. Mm -hmm. There is nothing about this man that has any authority. Right. So the faith that amazed Jesus here Uh is tied to authority. Yes. Now, what's interesting about that is authority is also what amazed people about Jesus. Hmm. And even after Jesus' resurrection, what does he do? He says, all authority is given to you in in heaven Hmm. and on earth is now given to you. Right. So he's delegating his authority. Yes. All right. He's delegating that authority to to the believers the believers so here's the now you you had before we get to the question that i want to ask Uh you had something about the history of authority yeah again just the history of of words and especially like latin you said so actually it was spelled with a c Instead of TH, like authority, it was octorite because with the C, octor really meant master. Um, yeah, and I thought that was really interesting that um, it, it then later, like French language changed it, but originally it was talking about being under, under a master under a leader and submitting to that influence. Wow. That's a pretty neat little word study. Well, and it really, when you, when you go back in the history, you're like, 
Oh, that's what that word means. And, and it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. complete sense. Mm-hmm. Complete sense. And it really helps to set this question up. Okay. Unless you had something else. No. Oh. So here's the question. What does it mean to uh-huh. operate in the, what was the word? Octorite. Octorite. Yes. Of Jesus. What does it mean to, or what does it mean to operate in the under authority, authority. Uh-huh. of Christ? What does it mean to operate under that, his, his role, his leading position as, my master. as master, mm-hmm. leader, mm-hmm. sovereign, uh-huh. ruler? What does it mean to operate in that authority or under that authority? Now, when I'm talking about operate, when I hear the word operate, mm-hmm. um, the first picture that comes to mind are Navy SEALs. Okay. Yes. Now, and I'm being I'm being serious here because I know. Navy Navy SEALs are called operators. Yes. Special ops. Yes. Those guys operate in the authority of their commanding officer. Mm-hmm. Now if you were to ever have a conversation with a Navy SEAL and find out about what they do or you hear stories about Navy SEALs, um, it's the best job in the world. Now, me, I've never I've never had that pursuit. I've never served in the military or anything like that, but I've got great respect for those men uh-huh. and women who serve in our nation's military. But those Navy SEALs serve as operators they are operating in the authority of their commanding officer and they and and those guys have a lot of authority a lot of power to operate in the way that they operate from sea to land to um you name it those guys those guys rock but they operate they have missions that they have to complete and they operate in that under their commanding officer. All right. So that question is, what does it mean to operate in the authority of Christ? So what do you think? What does it mean to operate in the authority of Jesus? Well, I was going to say something first, even before that, that I think, um, just needs to be thrown out there as a, a basis of, of understanding when we're going to then go into talking about how do we operate and live under the authority of Christ. You go back to Genesis and Pastor Jason was was unpacking this just a little bit today. You go back to Genesis at the fall when sin entered and those verses right before it, it was because Satan and Eve and Adam were distorting the authority of God. And it started with Satan. Satan put the idea and the temptation there to them. Did God really say that? Mm-hmm. And it then they begin to question this authority. God had said, everything is good and pleasing. And it was for them. Everything was for them except not to eat of one tree. Yeah. You had one job. And he was providing everything else for them. Everything. Everything. 
I mean, it was a cushy life. They weren't working. Didn't have to work. No. They had to be stewards. There was no they had toil. To- they were, right. They were stewarding the earth, but that was in an, an enjoyable way. And, you know, Satan fell from heaven as one of the angels because he did not want to come under the authority, the authority right. of God. And then, so now as the serpent, he is putting that idea into Eve and Adam's heads of, hmm, do you really mean, did he really mean that? Do you really have to do exactly that? And it was, it's that subversion of authority that it's been skewed since then. And I think in the world we live in now, I believe that instead of us holding up God's word and absolute truth as authority in our life, we let so many other things become the authoritative voice. The thing that we let lead us, the thing that becomes our master that we follow after instead of it being God's word. Right. That's a great point. That should be the fixed point. Mm -hmm. And everything else has to come under Under that. that. And we have to filter it through the scriptures. And the question Uh of did God really say, um, you know, the answer is he yeah, did. He, did, he say did say it. He did say it. He did say it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, which is what Pastor Jason was saying. What God says is good is good. Yep. But what He says is evil. evil is and evil. Don't do it's it's evil and it's bad for you. We, and don't do we, it. But we we cannot de- we cannot <laughs> define what is good and what is evil. No, but we sometimes think we can, oh, yeah. or we like to, or and we think it's no. This is God to be good for me. So why would God's authority want me to miss out on what I think is good for me Mm -hmm. or feels good? Yeah. If we, if we need Mm -hmm. to know, we need to understand what good and evil are, then the only place that you can discover that is in the scripture. Yes. And in a relationship with a holy God. Yes. Absolutely. Knows good and evil who clearly defines it. Uh So I think in answer to your question, I would first say, you know, that it's that recognition of of Jesus's own words in Mark. I think it's 127. He says, I have been given all authority under heaven and earth from the father. Mm -hmm. And then you said he then passed it to us. So it's recognizing who he is and if we are followers of his he's given that to us as well i've been equipped so i have to get to to know him and and you know what is his authority like what are those things he says that are good for me and what are evil that i don't need to be associated with yeah, I think that that's really good. Starting off with the recognition, yeah, of that authority. Now, then what? 
you know, how does that, how does operating in the authority of Jesus impact yes. uh, how we pray, how yes. we live, how we work, yes. how we parent, how we relate to other humans, how we steward. I was listening to a podcast this morning um, that featured David Green, the CEO of Hobby Lobby. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd heard this before, but David Green, the CEO and their family, the founder, the founders of Hobby Lobby, they don't even own Hobby Lobby. They are listed as stewards of Hobby Lobby. God is actually the owner of a Hobby Lobby. He's listed on the... God is the <laughs> owner of Hobby Lobby. And, and that started with a family conversation and discussion about their stewardship of what God has been get of, of what God's given them because uh -huh. everything we have belongs to is from the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. And he's just entrusted that to us in order to steward. And it was a very, very powerful interview listening to David Green talk about how they are. I mean, here's the CEO. The Joker hadn't had a pay raise in 16 years. How many CEOs do that? Probably not a lot. Very, very few. Yeah, probably not a lot. By choice. By choice. Yeah. yeah. And he even submits himself as the CEO to a team of people that determine his salary. Hmm. But that's what we're talking about. If we're going to operate under the authority... We should live differently. Very. That's a great point. We yeah. should live, live different. differently. Right. We so, shouldn't look like the world. So what does operating in the authority of Jesus look like? How does it impact our prayer life? How does it impact our speech? Mm -hmm. The way we talk? Our faith? So I think one of the th some of the things that uh, Morikhan wrote mm -hmm. in here is that a person op he wrote this a person operating in the authority of Jesus prays with humble power and speaks with directness and love. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. That's good. Prays with, with humble, humble power. power, not prideful power. Right. Humble power. And with a humility. Because we realize that. We can't do anything on our own. No. I mean, I cannot, I cannot physically or humanly change the DNA in your body to bring healing to your eyesight. I can't do it. Right. I can pray for it. I can ask God for it. I can believe God for it. And he has the power to do all things. And God has. Yeah. Yes. 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 He has the power to do all of that. Mm -hmm. 100%. Mm -hmm. And should he choose not to, that's okay that's too. That's okay too. Because yes. uh, through that, which is hard, we grow. Yeah. We learn those lessons and, and it helps us to remain humble and prayerful, knowing that 
God can bring healing, Hmm. period. So we pray with humble authority. We speak with directness and love. Well, I think there's this progression, like we said. So I said the first thing I would say is that recognition of who God is and who Jesus is in my life and that authority that he has and that he wants to give to me, that he has given to me. And then, okay, bathe everything in prayer. So whether it's our work, whether it's our home, whether it's our marriage, whether it's relationships with friends, bathing things in this humble attitude of a dependence on Him, Mm -hmm. His power to work in and through us. And then, yeah, then it's then filters out to the way we speak to other people. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What did it say with deliberate directness? Directness and love. And love. Directness and yeah, love. Yeah, there's I mean, when you when you speak in the authority of Jesus, mm-hmm. it's not about uh, being dictatorial. It's not about that. But it is about hey, when you speak in truth, in love, there is there, there should be, there should be a spirit of humility in which that is spoken, not a spirit of pride, right? Not a spirit of ego. That wasn't Jesus. It's not right. Jesus. No, Jesus speaks just like he spoke to the woman at the well. You know, just like uh, he, you know, when he said, "You're," you know. With a tenderness and compassion. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that, again, is a, maybe... But it wasn't a weakness either. Right. I was going to say, that that's kind of this paradox with the world. If you're going to be the authority on something, you got to speak out and crush others almost. Yeah. And, um, it's not about loudness. Be loud or be No, it ain't brash about being loud. Be, yeah. This is about being mm. meek. It's and a it's, meekness. It's tied to, yeah. Not a weakness, but a meekness. Right. And it's tied to, again, getting to know him mm-hmm. in a more intimate and deeper way. Then you're going to develop those patterns. And he went on to write down mm-hmm. that, you know, somebody, someone deeply abiding in Jesus knows they can do nothing apart from him, but has great confidence in what Jesus can do through them. Hmm. So there is this strength and courage that exists that says, you know what? I know that on my own, I can do nothing. Yeah. Whatever I could do is really it's not. It, not. It, it doesn't it doesn't compare no. to what Jesus can do in his power. But with Jesus and under his authority as an authorized representative of him, there is confidence that Jesus can do some pretty cool stuff through me. And wouldn't we all want to raise our hand and say, That's that's the way I want to live. Yeah. Yeah. 
We would. So, as and because we're authorized representatives. Oh yes, I liked this in the article. Yeah, because we are authorized representative. Here is here's what happens. We work, we live, we pray, we parent, we coach, we teach, we build, we serve, we lead in Jesus' name, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in Jesus' way, with Jesus' love, and by Jesus' spirit. That's good. We're an authorized representative, you know, and we fall under his authority. We fall under his leadership and it changes everything about the way we live, work, move, have our being. Do you think some people that scares people because maybe they think, what's he going to ask them to do or? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it scares people. Yeah. Scares people or the other the other side of that is uh people's pride gets in the way. They're like, yes, I don't I need think, Jesus. Right. I think I'm good enough that's on my a own. Big part of it. Right. I'll just I can just do it. I can it. do things on my own. Yes. Well, why do I need I'll figure Jesus? it out myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got my own authority. I don't need somebody else's. And maybe even sometimes it's not that we're so purposely thinking that, especially I, I think of like maybe little things, you know, you were naming things that are just in our daily lives. You know, maybe we think, OK, yes, my my whole marriage, I'm going to trust him and come under his authority. But, you know, just daily little things that we do, maybe we just don't think about being under his authority in those things as well. And letting him, his authority and him infiltrate all aspects of our life. So where do we take it from here? How do we land the plane? Right here. I don't know. You don't know. That was a lot. It was a lot. But I feel like we're kind of still circling. We need to, we need to put this thing on the tarmac. Okay. I say we just need to like the centurion. Recognize who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is. Yeah, if you say my daughter can, if you say it, Jesus, if you say it, that my daughter will be healed. Servant. My servant would be healed. That's right. I believe it. I believe it. Yes. And I want to come under that authority, believing everything in the scriptures, every truth, principle to live by that you've given us. And I want to walk in that. Right. So just had I think this is a spirit thing that just happened right here. I just thought of this story of Stephen. Mm-hmm. As Stephen Martyr. in Acts yes. was being stoned and he looked up into heaven just before he died. Mm-hmm. As he was being stoned for sharing his faith. And I mean, he, it, and it wasn't, I mean, it was, this jugger was being pelted by mob. some, by a mob of people for sharing the gospel and speaking direct 
and truth and love with authority. And he did it to an angry mob and they stoned him. And as he was being stoned, he looked up into heaven, much like Jesus. And he said, you know, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. But then he goes, look, I see heaven open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. And I think when, when I, when I hear that passage, when I hear that story of Stephen, I think Jesus was amazed at Stephen's faith. I think he was too. So you, Jesus was amazed at the lack of faith. He was amazed at the abundance of faith. And even in heaven, he was amazed at the faith of somebody who was obedient, like Stephen. Well, let's that be said of us. So I guess the question is, is does your faith cause Jesus to stand? And be amazed. And be amazed. Mm. Does your marriage cause Jesus to stand and be amazed? The way you work mm-hmm. in your job. So mm. when Jesus is amazed, pay attention. Yes. Pay attention. So I think that's about it, Larry Lisa. All right. Well, we thank you for listening as always. And um, it is great if you leave a review and especially if you'll share this podcast, if it's meant something to you or you think it um, could encourage someone else, help them find the podcast by sharing it. So one final thing. Sure. This may be a really, really bad dad joke. Oh my goodness! You have. But we were talking about we were. You've been in rare form today. Well, you were talking about you were talking about Satan a minute ago. Yes. You know why Satan? Oh no. Had no arms and no feet, and he was a serpent. No arms and no feet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know because he was disarmed and he was defeated. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Drop the mic. Period. Drop the mic. And remember that a two, two are, are better, better than one, one and, and a, a chord, chord of three, three strands, strands is not easily.